Why hello hello there. You're very welcome back to another episode of the Sam I Am podcast with me, Sam White. That's right. As usual, I hope you're keeping well during what are continuing to be strange times that we are living in. I hope you enjoyed those that do listen. If you do listen, I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed part two of my chat with my friend Owen. Definitely up there for one of my favorite episodes yet, just in terms of being a bit different, having a bit of music at the end. If you stuck around to the end of the episode, you would have heard a cover that we did together of a certain Proclaimer song. And by the time this goes out, you should be able to hear it. If you want to listen to it again outside the podcast, you can do so on my SoundCloud account, which you'll be able to find via the link in my Instagram bio, the link tree. I am, as usual, if you don't follow me on Instagram, I am at Sam White, that's white with three eyes. And this episode today is going to have a similar sort of trend. We're going to have a bit more music again. This time, my guest is Ronald Mackey. Another very talented musician. I've known Ronald coming up to, we've worked out coming up to five years this year. And we had a great chat. Talked a lot about music. Told a good, told a great story of a, a certain sporting memory we have together. Sporting themed. Which we always love on the podcast. And then yeah, as I said, there'll be something at the end once again. So similarly to last week, you won't hear me at the end. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And I'll give Ronald a plug while I'm here. Check him out on Instagram at pint underscore o underscore Guinness underscore ran. It's a mouthful, but there's a story behind that Instagram name, which I won't go into today. That's for another day. And if you want to check out any of Ran's music... You can do so wherever you get your music, Spotify, Apple Music. So let's get into it. Please welcome to the Sam I Am podcast, Ronald Mackey. Enjoy, folks. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week. All being well. Cheers. Ronald Mackey, you are very welcome to the Sam I Am podcast. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing well, mate. Uh, all the better for being on here. Good stuff. Um, no, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's good to chat to you. Uh, this this is your first first podcast, I assume. I know uh, my girlfriend Savannah. She's uh, very envious because she loves <laughs> podcasts, and uh, I'm on one before her, so she's she's fuming. <laughs> Getting one up, but uh, yeah, I'll have to get to, I'll have to get Savannah on uh, so she doesn't feel left out. I'll have to get her on at some point, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um here we are um ronald can you tell the people where are you broadcasting from uh this evening at the time of recording um i'm broadcasting from edinburgh uh i live uh in the north of edinburgh by the beach um uh i've been living in scotland for coming on two years now so uh almost finished up my visa trying to work out if I can extend it, what to do next. I'm kind of in a 
bit of a limbo position, but um, mm. uh, yeah, in Scotland up here, it's finally finally summer. Went up to Glen Cohen the weekend. Lovely uh, Highland scenery mm. and all that. So it's been good because obviously been stuck in the city uh, in the dark basically all winter. So uh, things feel like they're changing up a bit. Mm. Is that a that part of Scotland? Is that right up? Is that really north? Is that really north Scotland? So like you got the, I've got this massive world map on my wall so I can look at it <laughs> and tell you accurately. Uh, yeah, the, there's like the top part of Scotland before you get to like those random islands is mm. is like where they have just above Inverness. That's where they have like the um, North Coast 500, they call it, which is like a big scenic road. Um, mm. But where we were was Glencoe, which is sort of just south of that. Um beautiful area it's like very mountainous and vast like valleys and stuff uh i think from the films it it was in like skyfall and uh in um uh you know that harry potter deathly hallows number two i think or i think it's number Mm -hmm. two it's like right in the middle of them where they're in gringotts bank and they just like teleport and all of a sudden they're in (laughs) scotland that's 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 where we went to on the weekend No, I recognized yeah, it from Sky. Oh, yeah, I thought Skyfall. Maybe it would have been. It would have been in that neck of the woods. Yeah, it's such an amazing part of uh, like that's what people love Scotland for. Just up in the Highlands there. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, the West Coast, mate, of Ireland. So yeah, man. <laughs> uh, similar similar vibes. Hmm. But yeah, the weather's certainly different up 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 that way. But uh, yeah, but no. Um, I don't know when I don't know when I last spoke to you um, in in a Zoom or whatever sort of a sort of world, but uh, we've a bit to catch up on. But we're gonna be reflecting on a lot of things, and I guess with all my guests so far, a recurring question that I always kind of lead with is I always ask the guest to explain how we know each other. So for those that wouldn't know, Ronald, how do we know each other? And I guess when did we first meet? Uh, so, but back in college, uh, we were both part of uh, all male a cappella singing groups, mm. um, and uh, we met when uh, uh, I was on a trip with my group from Australia, um, and we came up to visit the UK and Ireland, and uh, that's where we met when uh, you guys in the Trinitones were hosting hosting us very kindly after I'd sent like a random Facebook message to the page. Like they're like, yeah, boys come stay with us. So, uh, we were pretty happy about that and had an awesome time. So I decided Mm. to come back and, uh, join up with the group eventually. So, um, we were actually singing, singing together for a good year or so there. Yeah. uh, Which was great time. Um, yeah, it's funny the way you mentioned the, you were the one that sent the message to, I don't know if it was probably just to the Facebook page. And I think this is probably, the, I think this is the first time I'm going to talk about Trinitones in the podcast. And I think the group, we would have had collaborations with acapella groups in the past. So when we would have said, yeah, sure. You guys will, we'll be happy to host you. Uh, we, we might've thought it was just maybe like the times where we would have hosted groups before, but Little did we know it was gonna it was gonna change our lives forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it certainly it certainly changed my life. So honestly, uh, yeah. 
but uh, I was thinking today, um, the first time I set eyes on you, on you fellas, uh, I was so the guy. So just for context, Randall and his group had been in Edinburgh and uh, down in, uh, yeah, and then they come over to Ireland, and then after come, going to Ireland, you guys went to, to Cambridge. Or no, you went to Oxford, sorry. Went to Oxford, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you landed in Dublin and you were obviously coming to, we were hanging out and stuff, but we were also doing this big gig and it was called Clash of the Tones. So a very sporting theme <laughs> to Ireland versus Australia. And uh, when you guys were arriving in Dublin, I was selling tickets in Trinity in the arts block and I, I'd gotten word that you guys had had a land had landed in the campus with a couple of the other couple of lads from Trinitones and that you were on your way to, I don't know, try and sell some tickets or just say hello or whatnot. <laughs> you guys rocked up and I've never seen energy. I've never seen energy like it in this very serious student environment. Everyone going to going yeah. <laughs> day by day, going to their lectures and stuff and, Basically, in Trinity, any sort of oh, singing man. in I'm, any singing in any part of Trinity is frowned is very isn't isn't looked upon very fondly. And uh, I I was selling tickets, as I said, and then all of a sudden, you guys just suddenly broke into uh, you guys broke into song into in the jungle, yeah. the mighty jungle, the lion sleeping <laughs> in the arts block for people that people know the arts block in Trinity, and I guess people would have just stopped and 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 witnessed the commotion and it didn't last very long it was about five set it was about 20 seconds and then the security uh kindly told you guys to stop um as it wasn't allowed but uh that was uh that was my introduction to the beast that was the the tiger (laughs) (laughs) we were probably on a quite quite a different level there quite a buzz you know, it's one of those things like you arrive in a completely new place. It's like, you know, you're on a big stag do or something essentially yeah, yeah, you're just yeah. there with like all your mates. You just arrived to this place. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's for, for you and like anyone at the college doing something like that, like a flash mob or whatever would be mm. so like, uh, there's a bit more risk associated to that or just like you'd be thinking like oh no like after like these are all people I know I'm going to see like people I know like there's going to be uh, you know some kind of repercussions for this but then when you when you don't know anyone when you're just there you rocked up you're on a high it's just like you know it's like being in in a video game like you're at, you're like in GDA you're just like running the red lights you know, <laughs> no, no repercussions mate you know it's uh, yeah yeah it was a different, a different cool vibe yeah, it was so in the moment, and and yeah. it really set it really set the tone. Pardon the pun for the, <laughs> the few days ahead, um, yeah. which yeah were were very eventful. Uh, we did we had an amazing con we had an amazing gig in the Bello Bar in Portobello, and we had a few nights out, uh, which uh, we won't. We, we won't go into too much detail on the on the on the partying or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe on the maybe for another day or maybe not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, what I what I what I was going to bring up was uh, I guess uh, like we're really good friends now. But I, I guess when we all first met, 
we were probably just trying to get around each other and get to know everyone and uh yeah and i don't think at the time we knew if we were we were going to stay in touch or we were going to see you again but what the biggest thing that happened as a result of that of you guys coming over is that we wanted a piece of that um seeing uh and i think the gig that we did we learned a lot from from that gig you guys brought a lot of energy and i think it really i think it really uh how would i say it um it really uh inspired us or it made us think that we need to get to that level and then uh, yeah after you guys left we we had a couple of guys in the group who well one in particular neil who's director he was he wanted to go to australia he was like why can't we do that why can't we do what you guys did and the rest is history um so i would say without without you guys coming and coming to dublin and doing that gig and just uh hanging out for those few days it just completely changed the course it just completely changed us as a group for forever hopefully aside from the last two years uh there's been an international tour every year since you guys since you guys came to dublin and that's four years f- five years ago i think i think it was 2016 five, really it's 2016 when yeah you guys came? it was yeah the end of 2016 so holy shit yeah get verging on that yeah, yeah. that's crazy <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, yeah, I was kind of rambling on there, but uh, the, before I before I go on any further, my last point about that I'll touch on on that in regards to you guys coming over was uh, probably my favorite my my first memory of going doing doing something really fun with you and I think there was a couple of others I brought so random I we had been away we had been away walking did the bray to greystones cliff walk and then we came back into town and a lot a lot of guys retired i think you guys were flying out the next day and but you and uh one of the guys sham i think were were just keen to keep keep going and keep <laughs> keep i don't know how you guys had the energy the rest of us were so tired um but uh there was a gig on there was a gig on in dublin that i oh, was planning yeah. on going to and uh the three of us and i think neil came as well we went to a well-known venue in Dublin called the Grand Social to see a rap, a rap group from Sligo called This Side oh, Up. Oh man, <laughs> they were they were awesome. They were and awesome. it was it was their I think it was their album launch, and uh, I think they're the first group that kind of got me into Irish rap, Irish hip hop, and really and they come from Sligo, which is pretty cool. Those guys were some of the founding fathers of Irish hip hop. It was so awesome. Like, obviously, could not understand a word at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, d- I just remember that, yeah, that song that they were launching or something. I I reckon it was it was definitely on, like, my most listened to the next, like, top 10 the next year. I just loved it. Mm. It was awesome. I still uh, listen to that. I still listen to that Full Fat album because they're, yeah. they're not together anymore, unfortunately. They've gone their separate ways. Yeah, that was, a, that was a, one of many random things that happened when you guys came. But, uh... I think yeah, you brought it up there that uh and so did I that as a as a result of you guys coming, we returned the favor and we came over to Australia um uh, just under a year later and 
did the second clash of the tones, so game two in uh in the Athenaeum in Melbourne. And then yeah, Ronald, you you transferred to Trinitones for an undisclosed fee. <laughs> and i suppose from there when you when you you were settling in dublin and you were in you were in our group i think that's when me and you would have become close and the same could be said for a lot of other guys in the group um because yeah the initial couple of meetings we would have just been trying to get to know everyone um in that short space of time but uh yeah and then you lived in dublin for just over a year and yeah, uh about, yeah 15 months or so yeah yeah and uh and then yeah some great times there and and then you got to join us on tour on well, you've been on all the tours ronald that's it mate yeah <laughs> uh all the benefits mate <laughs> yeah. all the benefits yeah that's how that's how we know each other and yeah it's all sort of music it's all it's all yeah it's all to do with music and but not just uh, the acapella world uh it's it's gone beyond that uh whereby you were set up in a nice uh you had a nice week set up in dublin and we would get together a lot i would come around to yours and you'd have a nice piano guitar set up and a few of us would, you would like send me random text messages saying sam come over we need a do this song you need to do this cover in a bathroom or something um you know right <laughs> put on instagram you're always a, a real, if there's anything to be said for you you're always a reliable source of harmony so that was uh on speed dial yeah yeah and that that, ba- that bathroom one was, was the best like yeah light some lit some nice candles in there got evan plonked <laughs> himself in the like bathtub with a guitar i was mm. somewhere else and then you were sitting on the toilet uh great acoustic in there for it so uh good times since we've both finished up with the group we've uh we've collaborated on a couple of things and i guess that brings me on to uh to i guess original music and which you've been doing plenty of since uh i suppose since you left trinitones once you leave a group like that you're 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 in that uh sort of you, you're like, what's next? What's you got to hold hold next? a film at an itch to scratch, as they say. So yeah, but yeah, um, I guess uh, we should start by chatting about your new song. You've just released a new song. I wanted to know how that came about because so it's called uh, it's called All My Life, and I'm sure I'll I'll put in a wee I'll put in a wee clip of it, um, so people can have a listen. sending me a mix of the track a few months ago actually um and then you released it at the time of recording we're recording this on thursday the 20th of may and you released it is it out two weeks or nearly three weeks oh it must i think it must be just about yeah Hmm. but uh yeah how did that how did that song come about because this is the third song you've released and 
what I would say is with the three songs you've released, they're all quite different. Mm. And I wouldn't say there's a, you could put your finger on a theme or a genre um, mm. for the music you've released so far. It's all, it's all quite a, it's all quite different, which is good. No one should ever have to settle on one genre. Um, very 1975 of you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, how did that song come about? When did you start working on that song? When when would you have written? What so, what would have been the first thing that happened with that song? Yeah, mate. So that that started um, at the start of last year. Uh, Lloydy, who's was in the you know well as well. He was in the Tiger Tones in Australia as well, the acapella group, but. Um, especially, especially when I went back from Ireland, I stayed in Melbourne about six or seven months before I came over to Scotland and we were doing heaps of music then. Um, uh, so we have done a lot of stuff together. In fact, I think all those three songs recorded was stuff that me and Lloyd did together. Mm. Um, uh, and for this one, he actually came over just, uh, it would have been about, February sort of March last year yeah just before lockdown he came over um and he was actually planning on setting up here and uh doing a visa as well um uh but before before all that he we we did a gig down in London um or we opened for Robert John Ardiff in uh, yeah yeah in London which was awesome and uh while we were together we were hanging out for a couple weeks and um, yeah, I just had this chord progression that I've been jamming on uh, uh, with some guys up in Edinburgh and we just sort of wrote a song around it um, and then, you know, obviously all this all this uh, shit went down and uh, every everything collapsed. I guess we, we had this song and um, we were like, oh, let's, you know, let's, let's record this thing. So I was just messing around, um, recorded the the keys and uh and my vocals and then came up with that b section and then i got my friend ellen who's uh sings sings in the b section she wrote her verse there as well so uh i guess there's three of us in all that Mm. wrote that song over like a period of time and then i mean after that it was all collaboration um after that my my man uh pete from malta he he got on the drums uh, laid down a drum part for me. Uh, Mochi got on the bass, uh, and then Lloydy sort of put it all together. Um, and then, oh, of course, uh, Jake got on the sax and shredded the sax solo, which I just—that's <laughs> just my favorite part. Like, he it's did. awesome to have a song <laughs> with like a, a power sax solo. So I, and, it, it, and so all that of that was done remotely. Um, all sort of oh. during the lockdown I've, I've only released it now but uh it sort of uh it was mostly all done last year um and it was just like a mass collaboration with all kinds of people because you know it was one of those things like people were just sitting around in their living rooms like on zoom uh doing heaps of quiz zoom quizzes and stuff uh mm. and so it was a good time to like get together and sort of like collaborate make some music so that's where that all came from. Yeah, and I've only if I've ever had to do any collaborations during the pandemic, it's only been a couple of people. Um mm. I've gotten to do a few things in person. 
um but with a with a big uh, people hearing the song there's a lot of lot going on it's a it's a full band playing on the song yeah but what what is yeah. that process like of of putting together that song mostly remotely like you're never in each other's company in person during that process yeah. I'll, I'll say two things on it mate i'll say first firstly it's awesome having everyone involved like everyone it's just like it felt special releasing it and just like tagging all the people in the credits you know that was that was an mm. awesome feeling because i was like geez like all these guys like all my friends um playing on this um and it was cool because they you know i i i don't think not to no to none of those guys i was like hey can you like play this thing i've written it out or like i've played it can you can you just copy this like i was like hey i need a bass line i need some drums like i need a sax solo like what what can you give me and so like equally there's parts of them on the song as well so that that was awesome but uh i will say that it's tough like especially you know tr trying to get people to do things uh, over in in any situation or mm. is, is just naturally just takes a bit of time so it you know if especially i'd imagine if i was recording more than one song then you it would take a bit of uh a bit of effort but I, th I think it's worth it for all the other stuff I'd said before. It just makes it more special having all those other people involved. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I guess what would usually happen in the normal world is you would get everyone in a room, and maybe those hmm. things would still happen where you'd say where they would put their own, they would contribute yeah. in their own way to yeah. the song. But yeah. the fact that you you had to go maybe to each individual person, or maybe I'm sure at some point you got everyone together on a on a on a call online but yeah it's completely uh it's 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 not easy having to do it having to change your tactics change your tactics that way but it's the fine the finished product is 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 probably as good as it would be in normal circumstances yeah oh thanks mate well, uh lodi lodi did all the hard work in the production of it so i was kind of mm. like um getting all everyone sort of involved and doing my bits and then Lloydie sort of put it all together and did the mix and that. So full credit to him. Um, yeah. He's always amazing with that. You know, you know, I'll, I'll say that I think, um, you know, even though, you know, it might be like hard getting all these people like to collaborate and stuff and it's, it's just like finicky not being able to do it all in the same room. I'll, I'll think that, I, I just think it's awesome that we have the opportunity to do that right now. Like I, I think that music um, is in such an awesome place right now, uh, just in terms of the, the like, there's just so, so such low barriers to entry and just like mm -hmm. what you need to create a song. Um, like, you know, back in the day, you'd have to book out or a studio, a, a proper studio, get like all the right people and stuff. But now, you know, if everyone's got a laptop and their little bit of kit, you can just make something. And yeah, I think that's just, that's just really fantastic. Um, mm. So yeah, I, th it's, I think it's a very exciting time. 100%. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I hear a lot of people saying that now. And I think the trailblazers for things like that would have always been the likes of uh, your Kevin Parker's, your Billy Eilish and Phineas, look mm. what they've done all from their bedroom. Totally. 
and uh, I throw Kanye West into the mix. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, anyone can if if you have. I suppose imagine if the pandemic would have happened uh, pre twentieth century, where we didn't have all access mm. to all this technology. Yeah, the music, the music, Man, music that, uh, world that would, would have been, been completely different. Had- totally mate that would have had like an like an awful impact it would have literally just been people sitting in rooms with guitars with no way to sort of make anything and sort of you know create stuff to share with people it would have but uh, i mean it's just kind of you know the perfect situation that you know all this technology is available and not Mm. it's not only that the it's all available it's like as you said it, it sort of is the mainstream now, like it, mm. or the bedroom kind of production as they call it. Um, but you know, it's just sort of like DIY stuff. That's, that's almost like the mainstream. Like when you look at Billie Eilish, like that's one of the biggest artists, um, if not the biggest female artist right now. Mm. And all that yep. stuff was produced with her brother in the bedroom. Like that's, that's awesome. Mm. But, yeah. You know, guy Kevin Parker obviously was was a bit DIY. I think I think like Mac DeMarco even, all that kind of mm. stuff, sort of hit very mainstream. And mm. I, yeah, it's a very very sort of exciting time to be creating music. Yeah, and um, yeah, you've been talk. You were talking there about how much how much satisfaction you got out of everyone contributing their bits of the song, and that again again that brings up the the idea of creating all these different musical communities and for you you have you have all these it's kind of an international song in the sense that you have lloyd mixing it in melbourne mm. and then you have all your mates in edinburgh um mm. so it's it's amazing um in that sense and and then and then obviously you've been you've been in dublin and you've you've got a lot of people there uh so it's just yeah it's amazing uh where music takes you and uh the people you meet along the way because a lot of the people in the on the track who are based in Edinburgh, they're all in you're in this band with them normally before the pandemic. Yeah, well we were I mean, people people sort of split here, there and everywhere, unfortunately. But um mm. yeah, before we were doing gigs in a couple of different bands, um different configurations of people, but um yeah. Yeah, so I mean that was completely different to in Dublin. Like in Dublin, we were all sort of yep. with no instruments, or like we we picked up a guitar and a keyboard here and there. But we were, when mm. we did the gigs, it was with the the Trinitones, apart from maybe a few open mics here and there. But um, yeah, it's been a different experience coming to Edinburgh, uh, playing because I I think a lot of the a lot of the time I've been playing as a as a keyboardist and playing synths and stuff instead of just singing. So um yeah i've met a whole bunch of different people which is which is great mm. yeah you're i think you're very you're very good at bringing people together for for music things you mentioned doing open mics in dublin i remember we all rocked up to an open mic in Chennai in dublin and you brought a whole band to do uh one of the songs <laughs> one of the songs that you've released irc and i think you did a couple of others but it was a pretty. I think it was a quiet. I think it was one of the quieter nights at this open mic, and and you'd brought a you brought a full band, and me and Evan were on backing vocals, I think, for a song as well. <laughs> um, and uh, would you have met all the the Edinburgh crowd at open mics as well, or how how did you meet all how do you meet all these people? 
so kind of I, I the first week I rocked up here I went to go to an open mic just as something to do uh and I rocked up to this one thinking it would just be a bunch of dudes sitting around with guitars and singing sad songs and stuff and I rock up and there's this full-on like pump and funk music going on like everyone's dancing uh you know and there's all these these like guys playing um in this bar it was called the dog house and uh man uh the song finished and they were like hey we need someone to play play keys and i was like hell yeah i'll I'll jump on and play keys and then so i sit down and we're playing (laughs) playing some like funky jam i don't know what it was um and you know actually on that first time i rocked up played the keyboard to my left was uh mochi playing bass um i think uh also the guy who mastered the song alex was playing guitar there as well so literally yeah the first uh first jam i rocked up to that was kind of like uh two of my best mates in edinburgh um out of that Mm. out of that jam so so yeah (laughs) exactly spot on there yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely a fun experience, hey. Um, especially when you rock up somewhere and you don't know anyone like I did. Like, yeah. music's an awesome like vehicle just to sort of get a community, um, you know, meet people and then you know play a bit of music on the side as well. Hmm. Uh, I I really wanted to do that here, but unfortunately yeah. it hasn't transpired. But uh, the pub the, the pubs and hosp- the hospitality is opening up again. I don't know when they'll allow music and bars and stuff but uh if i stick around long enough maybe i'll um maybe i'll get a bit of action um make some music friends but uh need to learn the french standards mate yeah because i've never i've never been in a band i wouldn't count an acapella group as a band and Mm. i think it's all something i've wanted to try and i i remember i always remember a story uh i was at a trinity ball and it's one of these things is what happens to everyone at trinity ball there's loads of stuff that happens that they don't quite remember uh in its entirety and one interaction i had one trinity ball someone came up to me and i'm pretty sure they asked me if i would join their band and i said yes but i have no idea who i was talking to but you you're racking your brains for days like come on yeah who was it i was actually trying to think if it was you maybe but i don't think it was (laughs) (laughs) Um, i thought you were just giving me the cold shoulder i thought you you got cold feet mate but uh (laughs) didn't want to join well one thing i was gonna ask about the all my life track was uh that that that's a sort of out of all the songs you've released that's the one where that's calling out for a music video, man. That song. Oh, mate, <laughs> just just wait for it. So, uh, my friend Jake, who plays the sax, he's basically as soon as the second lockdown hit, he got on the first flight out to Lanzarote. He's got an <laughs> apartment down there. But basically, the for, uh, this music video. Oh, we're just gonna. It's just gonna be like a little reel. We'll try and try and get some like TikTok clickbait kind of stuff, but. We'll get him like in a Hawaiian shirt on Lanzarote on a boat, sunset, just ripping that sax solo, and that's wow. uh, that's it's in the works, mate. We're just it's waiting. It's apparently, apparently, it's uh, it's too it's really windy in Lanzarote because it's like right in the middle of the ocean. So he's just waiting for a day where it's uh, 
the conditions are perfect and uh, oh, wow. uh yeah you'll be treated to that soon i promise i look forward to that excellent good prediction from sam um <laughs> <laughs> and uh i don't know if you want to i don't know if you it's too early to bring this up but uh you're you're telling me anyway uh mm. off uh recording that uh you are working on an up on an ep at the moment yeah mate so I, over over the winter certainly um and last year i've really sort of been honing in on producing stuff myself mm. um as i said like working with lloydie before has been awesome and he's done such a great job like producing all those tracks um shout out lloyd shout out to lloyd again he's getting a few shout outs in this um <laughs> but uh uh, he better be listening hey um uh <laughs> anyway so but but you know i've wanted to sort of start producing my own stuff um you know try and especially i th- I think it's it'd be great to as you said i've got three songs that are very different from each other one's kind of folky mm-hmm. one's kind of like classic rock and maybe the uh, the latest ones uh a bit more like soulful r&b maybe uh, funky yeah um it'd be cool to with the idea of an ep i'm like maybe i could get a few songs that actually sound similar so someone can sit down listen to them all um this one i've been listening to heaps of like bossa nova jazz recently and uh it's not it's not like a bossa nova ep but like just some of the rhythms and guitar stuff from there some of the chords um i've been trying to implement into it so yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just been great like learning production and stuff it's so it's so accessible as i said before like anyone with a laptop I, i've definitely got more gear than i need like it's so so easy to get underway um and uh yeah so i'm just it's just kind of part of that process hey like i've produced a bunch of stuff like that that song that we sort of did together i got you to sing over um just like you know, learning bit by bit. And I feel like I'm at the stage now where I'd like to produce something and, and put it out there. So yeah, I'm working on that at the moment. Um, so, uh, don't, don't hold your breath too hard because it's it's still, it's still a little while (laughs) off, but, uh, that's, that's in the future for sure. And would any of the songs you have released would that, would any of them be included on the EP or will it just be all new music? Man, I'm going to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's all it's gonna be all new music. So uh and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be sort of its own sound, which I'm excited for. Um mm. uh you know, I I think it was great releasing this this last track um for many reasons and one of them being that, you know, I had that since last year and that was a song that, you know, I'd written and recorded for the most part. Um uh, just around this time last year, maybe a bit later. Um, and it was just awesome to get that out there because it's even, even just mentally, you feel like, right, that that's done. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's like finished. Now I can sort of move on to other stuff. But, uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to move away from music and we're going to go into sport. Um, because we've we've got a few stories to tell on the sporting front uh, in the short time that we've known each other, um, so we're gonna we're yeah to be more specific we're gonna talk about footy or football 
or I suppose in both of our respective countries, we have to call it soccer because we both come from countries <laughs> where we have our own type of football. So people call that type, yeah. that football football, and then we have to call soccer soccer, which I actually hate. I hate I hate calling football soccer. But, um, <laughs> Ronald, do you, where would a where would soccer let's soccer football whatever where would that rank in terms of because you in Australia Australia is known for so many it's huge for sport and our Australia are very good at multiple sports where do you think uh, mm. soccer would rank in Australian sport in terms of popularity man in t- in terms of popularity um. I, I have, I have that, a list here. I have a list here, so I want to see. Uh, is it? Is where, it? You've got. You've got the definitive answers. Yeah, and you'd be very you've got, surprised. You've got the answers. Should I? Should uh, I guess? Yeah, I want to. I want to <laughs> see what you know because you might. You might be really surprised by this. Um, Wait, is it? Is my... it in terms of participation or in terms of like, uh, like professional sport? It's terms in terms of, of participation, participation so I want I, in terms of participation, I think it would be probably up there. I would say, yeah, it depends where you go, right? Because in in Melbourne, footy or like AFL is uh, is like the mm. king. That's that's the biggest sport. But then, like yeah, no one really plays that up in Queensland or in in, in Sydney. But uh, mm. I would say maybe AFL is most participated. But I like. Soccer, like football, mm. is sort of all around the country, um, and it's definitely been growing, especially since uh, it was two thousand six that we uh, got in the World Cup and did did decently. And since then, it's been growing massively. So, um, okay. I'd say I'd say probably more than rugby league and union in terms of participation. This. Am I this right? This is weird. I don't know. I'll tell you what this website's telling me. So <laughs> countdown from number ten, it's saying here. Yeah, this this is in terms of participation. I think number ten, netball. Uh, yeah, net, net, really. Yeah, it says. I would nearly, have thought it'd be uh, higher netball. Yeah, netball's ten, and it says NRL is is that rugby league? It says that's nine. Yeah, rugby league. Yeah, it says that's nine. And then mm. cricket is eighth. Really? So I again, we're, might we're be talking. About, yeah, we're talking about popularity, I suppose, uh, or yeah. uh, or participation. So maybe yeah. that works against cricket. And then we've got tennis above cr- yeah. above cricket, which is a bit of a shock. Then you've got AFL yeah. at six. AFL's at six here, and I don't really trust this rankings because then after <laughs> AFL you have basketball. Dude, uh, I believe that. I believe that. Really, basketball is like, yeah. Even though like the the Australian league isn't like that elite, um, like heaps of people play basketball. I played mm. basketball when I was a kid. Like, it's, right, it's right, massively right. popular. Yeah, boys and girls as well. Yeah, and then we've got dancing, which is a sport. Dancing is a sport, so they've got that at four, and then right. they've got, and then soccer comes in at three. Really? Yeah. And then, there you go. And then cycling. Oh, wait, is can at I guess? Two. Can I guess the number one? Yeah, cycling is at wait, two. Is, is is number one going to be like swimming or running or something? Does that does that count? I don't know. Swimming. You're correct. Is swimming? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's. 
again, this web this website it's not a survey not, or anything. That's not a that's not a reflection of um that's not a reflection of what people tune into on Friday night and stuff no. on Saturday night. Um mm. uh but yeah, in terms of participation. But I th- I think you'd probably be surprised by like those same stats in Ireland or in the UK, um, you know, because you yeah. get a few rogue ones that people don't watch it, but they a lot of people do it, you know. I did a, I've been doing classes over here on Irish sport and I always start off by asking the French kids what's the most popular sport in France, which is football or soccer, and rugby will come second. And mm-hmm. then in Ireland it would be rugby is third, soccer is second, and Gaelic football or Gaelic games is first. Um, and Gaelic games is certainly in terms of participation is the biggest because of the amount of clubs all over the country. Mm. But that's really surprising for in terms of Australia. I would have assumed that maybe it would have been AFL one. Mm. Would it? Or, or well, it's just because because they don't really play it in Sydney or Queensland, and that's mm. where okay uh, Virgin that's on big. half the population sure. is in those two states. So okay. Uh, everywhere else it's it's king like but yeah well australia certainly kings for like cricket afl historically a very very strong rugby tradition maybe not in recently maybe they're <laughs> they're in a bit of a purple they're not quite in a purple patch at the moment but uh oh, it's all and, it's all and then yeah soccer downhill. soccer yeah soccer's According to this list, soccer has been played in Australia since the 1800s with over 2 million currently playing soccer in our country. So, yeah, very high participation yeah. there. Yeah, um, massive. And uh, heaps of, uh, because there's massive migrant communities, or I guess everyone mm-hmm. everyone is a migrant in Australia um, who wasn't uh, indigenous. So, like, but mm-hmm. migrant communities have brought that in, especially from Europe. Um uh, yeah heaps of like greeks and italians and stuff uh playing so yeah and with uh good, with the amount of uh, people uh the, with the amount of irish people moving to australia i'm sure the gaa will be joining the top 10 any day now. <laughs> i've seen i i've seen i've seen a few people walking around with hurleys and that so <laughs> yeah but the the afl and the ga gaelic football certainly have a lot of uh, similarities in the sense that we Every few years, we have the the Aussie rules, um, the Aussie rules game between Ireland and Australia, and we know a couple yeah. of people. We there's a, a lot of Irish people go, a lot of Irish uh, Gaelic footballers making the move to AFL because it's a professional sport and they can they can make money out of it. Um, yeah, but we're yeah we're gonna focus on soccer, but I'm I'm gonna call it football now because I'm sick of calling it soccer. Um, <laughs> It's a very American thing uh, to do, but um. <laughs> so, the reason I want to talk about this today is, uh, is because one of my favorite memories with you has to do with soccer and has to do with uh, what a lot of people might not know is that you are, uh, you have a you support uh English an English team that uh, That's right. I don't know anyone else. I don't think I know anyone else that supports uh, this particular team. I'm used to being a supporter <laughs> of a of a not so uh, of a team that certainly in Ireland not many people would support. In should Ireland, we, should we say support, a, a non non Super League team? Yeah, let's say non Super League team. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> that's what 
that's a, that's the end thing to do at the moment. But yeah, in Ireland, certainly <laughs> people would support, and probably in Australia, people would support the teams like Manchester United, Liverpool, Celtic mm. here. Like Irish mm. people support Celtic. But yeah, I've spoken on the podcast already about how I support Newcastle, but you support Brighton, Ronald. And I want to know how, I know the story, but I want you to tell the story of how you, a young fella in Melbourne ends up supporting Brighton and Hove Albion. Mate, so uh, very popular football in Australia, as we've seen evidence of. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people watch the Premier League because, I mean, the A-League's all right, but it's just not the same. The Premier League's, you know, the best league in the world, uh, as they say. Um, so we're watching it every week, but no one really is attached to a team. So you could be like a bandwagoner and pick, you know, your Chelsea or Liverpool or whatever. Um, but we were all just sitting there, no particular allegiance to uh, any team. And there was me and one mate in particular. And we had this uh, homeroom teacher who was from Sussex, which is the county that mm-hmm. Brighton's in. Mm-hmm. And he was a diehard fan. This was back in, uh, you know, when I was at school. So like 20, 2012, 2013 like Brighton still in the championship very much um yep. but but uh this guy was like yeah mate check out this team the Brighton and Hove Albion Seagulls they're going to be <laughs> up in the Premier League in the next couple of years so just like watch them and then sure enough a couple of years later right. they uh they got promoted so yeah I was even watching championship games back in school just like kind of a weird thing to do I guess in Australia but um, man, it's been it's awesome, especially you know, and then the last like couple of years, the last couple of seasons. Hey, like this last year, I think I missed I missed the last game, which was stupid because we we beat oh, man. man City. I, I missed that game, but yeah. every other game, every other game I've been watching. So uh, Virgin Virgin on diehard, and of course we went to we went to watch the match together as well. So that was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get on to that, but um. What was I gonna say? Um, that's that's. I'm very impressed that you you managed to get access to the championship games in Australia. I don't know what channels they were showing them on or oh, mate. what a my, what my, a legal com- website you were on. Computer got so many viruses from that. <laughs> <laughs> it was very hard to get. Yeah, they show all the Premier League games, but one of the downsides of being in the championship or the lower leagues, it's really hard to get the games. Yeah, and, some uh, of them they don't televise full stop, so. Yeah, the see well the season you guys came up was the season that we also came back up after mm. after get uh, we went straight back up but uh but yeah since then Brighton have are really cementing themselves as a Premier League team which is great and uh I'm very I'm very proud to say that I brought you to your first ever Brighton and Hove Albion Seagulls <laughs> game um we we're talking nearly 3 years ago uh we had a wild 30 hours in Newcastle um myself yourself and my brother Ollie um all went over to the place that me and my brother were born place we still very close to our hearts and uh yeah your first game was an away fixture in St James's Park the Cathedral of Football and uh I want to kind of reflect on reflect on the I guess the the morning and then leading up to the game. Um, I remember the night before. I was just obviously very excited, and I I had organized the whole trip, uh, getting the tickets. Uh, 
book uh getting you and ollie to book flights and stuff um so we were all set to go and uh we were getting a really early we were getting an early enough flight so we were we were going to be getting an air coach from dublin and uh when i woke up in the morning we were he- we were we were heading off jetting off to newcastle i was getting ready and i was we were we were meeting at this bus as i said and i was thinking to myself i wonder what ranald's going to wear to the game because uh we were going to be sitting in the home section of the stadium with all the newcastle fans and because it was your first it was your first uh i guess uh experience of premier league football english football and uh I assumed you would have known from, I suppose, watching games on TV, uh, how the football fans work, certainly in Europe, well, everywhere, basically, <laughs> apart from America, because uh, football fans are very different to fans of other sports. They don't really mix in stadiums like other sports do. So I didn't think too much of it. And then we got in the bus and I think you had to run for the bus. You nearly missed the bus. Um probably wouldn't have fine i don't think we were stuck for time but anyway you got on the bus and all my worst nightmares had come to fruition when i saw that you were wearing <laughs> not only a brighton your brighton jersey but your your famous brighton big brighton jacket yeah um and full kit wanker I, mate yeah when i saw yeah full kit wanker when i saw you and <laughs> I, I knew you probably hadn't packed much for the for the trip so um <laughs> and it was really early so i i don't think i thought about it too much but uh when we arrived in newcastle and the game was approaching and we were going to bars to have drinks as is tradition before any of these games uh my my fears grew but no nothing really happened nothing really happened nothing happened before nothing no one really had any issues before the game and Newcastle and Brighton wouldn't be big rivals or anything, um, miles away from each other. Would have been competing for the championship um, a couple of years before. But um, yeah, I guess, as I said, football fans, it's very different, the culture surrounding football fans. You have, in the, you have all the home fans together in their part of the ground, and then the away fans are always put in a corner, separated from everyone else, because it's very tribal. And things can get out of hand very quickly, um, depending on depending on who's playing. But uh, but anyway, we got into the ground. And uh, what did you think about all this, Ronald? Did you were, were you? Mate, uh, I it was a bit of culture shock, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I was just kind of like, I thought, I thought that, uh, you know, I thought it'd be alright. I knew that maybe I couldn't like. I knew that I couldn't like cheer and like make yeah. a big racket and stuff, but I thought it'd be yeah. all right if I like wore my kit and just sat and was a good boy. But mm. man, uh, yeah. I mean, do you want to, do you want to say what happened next? <laughs> well, so we were sitting, so the way St. James's park, St. James's park works is all the home fans are sort of at the bottom and then there's bigger, there's, there's these top tiers so all the fans home fans would take up most of the stadium except for this one section in the very top tier right in the heavens unbelievable view and that's where all the away fans go 
So you were like, we weren't anywhere near the away fans. We were, we were down the bottom tier and you probably were, you mightn't have been the only Brighton fan on the ground, but you were definitely the mm. only Brighton fan probably wearing any sort of Brighton <laughs> merchandise. Cause I've been to games. I've been to a few away games. I've been in the away section for one, but I've, uh, I've been to see them play Crystal Palace twice in mm. Sellers Park. And both those times I was in the I was in the home section because it's really hard to get in the away section because Newcastle fans sell it out every time, and yeah, on both occasions I didn't wear any black and white or any sort of a any sort of gear or merchandise. Well, I think I think what saved you was that you had the jacket because the jacket wasn't as obvious as the jersey. I think the jack it's a black and white jacket. So, it was just a black jacket with a yeah, it had that kind like of, a little emblem on it, so you couldn't really tell. Yeah, yeah. That kind of would have disguised you. Certainly when we were walking around Newcastle before the game and when we were in the pubs, no one said anything to you in the pubs. Everyone was really nice, yeah. lovely people. Um, but then when we got into the ground, I think I went to the toilet and I came back and uh, what had happened when I'd gone to the toilet? Oh, mate, well, I I turned around. I was a bit hot, so I took my, took my jacket off and I was there with my shirt and... <laughs> You know, in fairness, everyone around me, they were quite, you know, quite funny about it, just like having a go at me yeah. and stuff. Um, and I, you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a bit of a ban- banter, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and uh, but then the, obviously the stewards kind of saw me that it was uh, the white stripes were good, but not the blue ones. So yeah, uh, I had to put my jacket back on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a lesson. I remember because Brighton Brighton were fortunate fortunate enough to win that game. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, what, and then when, when yeah, what happened? What did, what when, did you when do Brighton, when they scored? When yeah. Brighton scored, like I was naturally inclined to celebrate. I was so excited, <laughs> and uh, I just remember you guys just like pulling me down. <laughs> um, oh man, and I you know I've been to I've been to one match since. I was hoping to go to heaps more. Um, been to year or so. where, where have you been? I went. I went to Boxing Day away at Spurs. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the, and uh, I, I was fans. sitting. I was sitting in. I was sitting in the the home fans again. Yeah. Um, and uh, man, like had a much worse experience. Surprisingly, because you know you think when these Super League teams like the fans would be a bit more diluted. Like it's mm. especially those London teams. It's like always like heaps of tourists go to those games, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, but I knew from my experience with you that I wasn't going to wear, wear any kit and I wasn't <laughs> going to, I wasn't going to celebrate or anything. And uh, yeah, yeah. All, all I did was I was sitting there, my girlfriend with her little Spurs beanie on, I'm sitting there, Brighton scored Aaron Moy as well from Australia, he scores. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I don't even, I don't even smile, mate. I don't even smile, but. As as he's going wheeling away to celebrate, I have my phone out like just so close to my body, yeah. and take I just take a little little photo of the celebration, and then next thing you know, <laughs> there's this fucking hand on my shoulder, this big red faced geezer is like down in my grill, <laughs> and he just had it had he was fuming like he was he was so angry. Really? I I was like, no, I'm a I'm a Spurs fan. I was just I was made. Obviously, he was right. He had great intuition, but uh, and he he stormed down like ten minutes before the half went and uh, left his seat 
stormed down and on his way told the steward who came up and tried to evict me what um, so so I'll, I'll give it i'll give it to the newcastle fans that are yeah. they're much better they're much better sports than those uh the ones at spurs Fucking hell i didn't i never heard that i never knew that um <laughs> no yeah as i said i don't think yeah there wasn't really any hostility at all no we were at the game and and certainly before and after the game in the pubs and as i said but uh yeah it's funny it's, it was very funny the whole the whole scenario and as you said the culture shock of it all but uh that's mad that you you didn't really bat an eyelid and yeah, i remember you so putting for... something on i remember seeing your story that day when i think it was a short video you put up or yeah Wood. yeah but, i just like zoomed in on someone celebrating yeah yeah you could have been doing anything. You could have been a Spurs fan sending it to their mates saying, fuck's sake, look what's yeah. happened. Yeah, um, I know. That's what I tried to say. But... But yeah, no, that, that makes me that makes me proud of uh, Newcastle fans. There you go, um, yeah. Shout yeah. out. But shout that out was, to, in, was that in the new, the was, was that in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Was that in the new stadium? It was in, it was in the new stadium, yeah. Mm. It's pretty nice. Mm. It's pretty nice. Mm. Um Oh yeah, it's an amazing stadium, but unfortunately, a very disappointing football team at the moment. Um, oh mate, they're horrendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. I don't really have any. Uh, I don't really have any strong feelings towards Tottenham for some reason. Um, yeah, but uh, but anyway, but yeah, it's funny that yeah. So you've been to two away games. You have to go to a home game. ASAP. Oh, I know, I know, man. And I, I've just I would happily back now. I, I would certainly be keen to go to the Amex. Uh, love to go to Brighton. Um, mm. And uh, hopefully oh, good, we can do something place. like that soon. Yeah. But um, would love that. But I have a few. I, I'm going to do a quick quiz with you, Ronald. On, it's sort of a quiz on the game, but also on the maybe a couple of other uh, things from the week, from the, from the couple of days that we spent in the tune. All so, right. your six questions I have here. So see how many, see how many you can get right. So a nice easy one to start. Number one, in the Newcastle v Brighton trip quiz, twenty eighteen. <laughs> can you tell me who scored Brighton's goal on that day? Oh, I think it was Izquierdo. Am I wrong? Is that your final answer? Ah, oh, shit. It was a, it was an awesome goal from outside the box. Yeah, it was a it was a tidy finish. It was a, it was a good, um, it was a good goal. Don't no, put off it wasn't, my... it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Glenn Murray because Glenn Murray got injured uh, in that game, so he played for like ten minutes. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think who would have been. In the lineup, I I think it must be an Izquierdo. Was it not? Okay. Uh, it wasn't. Very close though. Izquierdo got the assist that day in the 29th uh, minute, but the goal scorer was Kyal, if you remember him. Oh, really? Yeah, Damn. number seven, Kyal. Um, scored in the 29th Israeli minute. Fella. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, that's when all hell broke loose. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to watch this again because I'm I must have like deflected off him or something. I'm sure Izquierdo had the strike and it like deflected off the other guy. But 
Yeah, I don't I think actually. The more that I think about it, I've got like a match report up here, and I'm just there's like an image, and he has his back to goal when it's flying past uh, the Newcastle goalkeeper. And uh, right, but I think yeah, it was more about the Izquierdo assist. He was a tidy wee player. I don't know whatever whatever happened to him. Did he? Where did he head well, off? He, oh, I think he did it. He did like a knee or an Achilles or something. So he's yeah. only just come back. I, I think he's played. He came on as a sub a couple of games ago, but oh really? Yeah, he's been out for a little. He's still up right. Oh right. Yeah, well, um, he was just he's just been injured like really badly, so um, he's coming back now. Okay, so no luck. Uh, un- unfortunate. Yeah, very close to the question <laughs> one, but uh, it was in fact the goal was given to Kyle. Um, you uh, actually answered uh, my question too. Was who got injured very early in the game? In uh, brackets, you were Murray's, devastated. I was, I was so devastated, man. Yeah. He's awesome. Rand's, uh well, a lot of Brighton fans would have. Uh, big love for Glenn Murray um, and Ronald in particular was really excited to see him in the flesh and yeah he didn't last long he didn't last long at all it was a few minutes and he was off um, it was, it was a quite an awful like head kind of thing was it a head he, injury he ended, up, he ended up being alright yeah I remember he went up for a header or something and he just came down on his head like I think he hmm. must have must have gone off for a concussion or something but yeah yeah 16 minutes and he was off. Um, and then they brought on that that uh, Dutch bloke, uh, Lucadia. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> He's awful. <laughs> um, he just did not. He did nothing. I think they paid like 20 mil or something for him. And he just did nothing. One yeah. of those busts. Yeah. You're a bad man. You've, you've, you've just gone ahead and answered another question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Question four was who was the worst player on the pitch? According to Ryan, oh, he was shocking. That was so. That was so funny because he was really shit, and uh, <laughs> and you kept and you you were losing the fucking plot of how shit he was. Man. I think every time he got the ball, he just didn't know what to do with it. Uh, I think he had a work, couple. Of, his work rate was just awful as well. Terrible. Yeah, I think he had a couple of. Cha- I think he had a really good chance in the game as well, and he mm. fucked it up. Um, but uh, and then I think. He had a he had a he had a good spell at one point, um, not so long after that, when they obviously didn't have any other strikers. But uh, I always remember him being mm. a really good player in FIFA. He always used him in FIFA on career. He was just like so. he, he, great, great, like on paper, terrible yeah. in person, kind of yeah. like yeah. One of those so, players who just didn't, who couldn't really adjust, I suppose, to the Premier League, as a lot of yeah. a lot of players, it's really struggled to do. Um, Okay, so you've gotten, so that's one, yeah, two, two, and five. <laughs> so you've got two out of three. The rest of the questions you haven't answered in advance yet. So question three, can you name three Newcastle players that played that day or right. started? John Joe Shelby, for sure. He was Correct. actually really good. He was, yeah, he was running the show. Um, oh, and then stretching my memory. Uh this was this was before the days of Goal Linton. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, uh, who used to play for Newcastle? Um, it's funny. A lot of the players I'm that would have played that day are still playing today. Are still really would still be in so, the team today. I could just have a ping. Um, 
this is before Sim Maximan. Before that, yeah. before that, yeah. Uh, mate, I actually have no idea. I think I'm gonna. Have to, <laughs> uh, you, can you can you just say? Can you give me one? Yeah, and then yeah. maybe it will come back to me. I'll go through. Uh, so yeah, Shelby played in midfield. Uh, in goal is still our number one goalkeeper, Martin Dubravka. Oh. Yeah. Um, at right back, we had a American, rapid American right back who has recently left us, DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, True. And our centre backs, one of which is our club captain, uh, Jamal Lascelles. Nice. And alongside him, Federico Fernandez. And then left back is Paul Dummett. So three we, of those already are. Four of those, five, all five of them have played for Newcastle this season. And then right wing was Matt Ritchie. Uh, Shelby, of course, alongside Mohamed Diame, Ramo Diame. Mm. And left left wing, he was probably our best player on the day. Kennedy, Brazilian fella, mm. um, who we had on loan for a couple of seasons. And then Iose Perez, I think you would know, you would know him. Yeah. Of He's course. playing for Leicester right. now, and and then up front is a guy called Yo- Yoshinori Muto, who the Jap- Japanese say, bloke, Japanese guy who hasn't done much. He's on loan at the moment. Mm. Okay, these are two questions that don't relate to the football match. Ronald, right. can you name any of the establishments that we visited on our night out after the game, where where me and my brother were drowning our sorrows? Oh mate, it's all a big blur. I can I can describe them to you. I'm not sure if I can put names on them though. What was that? I think there's that name of that like that bougie club we went to. Yeah, uh, that's the one I think you would have remembered. Yeah, so we went on a night out after the after the game. It was, it was three o'clock kickoff, so we would have gone back to the hotel and had food, and then come in for a while. A, like Newcastle's an amazing place to go on a night out. So if you want to go to a city in the UK for the weekend, Newcastle is one of the top recommendations. And we went to many establishments. We went to so many places and I don't, the memory is quite blurry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought you might have remembered the name of that club. I think I remember the name. It was that, that uh, influencer chick told us yeah. to go there. <laughs> it's like Bon Bar or something. Um, it was like, Bon bar. I don't bon, know. Something like yeah, Bon Bar. Bon Bar sounds right. Bon Bar is Newcastle's premier private hire bar. Is that it? It was Bon Bar. <laughs> yeah. I remember there weren't bon many bar. people there when we went. In, in, it, the bars were really some of the bars. It was a bit disappointing. Yeah, I think we paid in. I don't know if we, I think we paid in as well. God, we didn't know what we were we paid at. in, mate. Um, no, we went to a lot of. Uh, we went to some cool bars and then. And then they got a bit uh they got a bit more rowdy as the night went on, but uh yeah, good crack. And uh last question, do you remember the name of the town where our hotel was? We stayed just outside Newcastle City Centre. Mate, I'm I, <laughs> you'd have to you have to remind me. It was all it was all a blur. It was a beautiful blur, mate. Uh, we stayed in a hotel. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but we stayed in Jesmond. Oh, Jesmond, yeah. which is yeah. a lo- it's a lovely, lo- lovely part just outside the city. 
Um, so yeah, the questions got a wee bit harder as we went on, but you got. Did, mate. I've, I've found that. Done you awfully. got two. You got two out of six, <laughs> and the two you I got, got two right in the one same answer. <laughs> you got two right without even hear, without even hearing the question. You just you said the answers in for different questions, pretty much. Um, oh, you so should you should just let me keep talking, and I would have hit them all. <laughs> but uh. No, great, great memories. Uh, despite the, well, on my end, the very disappointing uh, game. Most of the games I've been to live, unfortunately, have been pretty disappointing. I'm lucky enough. I'm lucky to see a goal. Never mind a, a Newcastle win. I've only seen Newcastle win once. I've been to see them play seven times, I think, and I've only really? seen them win once. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible record. In the championship as well, when they when it was a bit easier, but. Uh, I'd give an arm and a leg to go to any sort of live sporting or music event right now. Um, yeah, man. So it's been really, because it's been really great to see all the fans coming back into the stadiums. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, the 20th of May. And last night I watched Newcastle play in front of fans for the first time mm. in 14 months. And even though I wasn't there, it was just amazing to hear the crowd. And we scored, we scored and we won the game. And, Oh, and I'm sure the same for Brighton. I know you didn't watch the game, but I'd say it would have been amazing to be at that game. Yeah, well, I kind of watch, watch the replay. Definitely, like, yeah, coming yeah. coming back from 2-0 to mm. win 3-2, like, the fans got them over the line 100%. I, I, mm. I think that's, like, Brighton and many other teams had, like, a shocking home record this year. Um, yeah. But just with the fans there, man, it's going to... It's going to change it big things next year and hopefully yeah as i said hopefully we can we can go to a couple of games together again uh certainly the amex is definitely on my list of stadiums to go to and uh i can be the i can be the away fan in the home section I'm at the end of my notes here, so I'm all out of stuff to to talk about today anyway. I'm sure you'll be back on again, Ronald, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on and it's been a really good laugh reflecting on on our time, on our short time as friends, uh, which is probably, yeah, you're talking the guts of three or four years and we've done a lot of stuff together, a lot of stuff we didn't get to talk about today, but... uh, I look forward to doing this again and and as I said, uh, being in each other's company hopefully in the not too distant future. And uh and yeah, and on the music side of things, uh I look forward to seeing what's in the horizon for yourself and hopefully uh we can we can uh reignite our our uh Do Re Amigo days and and be sitting around a f- sitting sitting around a fire singing all sorts of tunes. Oh man, that would be so awesome. Mm. Uh, um, well, mate, yeah, thanks thanks for having me on. It's it's been been really fun chatting, and uh, man, I'm stoked that you've started this. It's uh, it's exciting. I can't wait to hear everyone else's. I've heard that one episode first, but uh, keen to be tuning in over the next the next weeks to see who else you can. Uh, bring to the surface yeah we'll see uh it's going to be mainly it's going to be friends for friends for the time being but hopefully uh i think it's a really good way of 
not just uh, connecting with your close friends and family, but I really hope that this can maybe be the catalyst for getting in touch with people that I might have lost touch with and then extending mm. on to complete strangers, um, friends of friends, whatever. Um, so, But for the time being, it's good to just chat to friends and it feels like a normal conversation and that'll that'll make that'll help me find my feet and get used to the whole idea of doing this and hopefully making the editing a bit easier with time um because yeah it's it's still still new at the moment but uh yeah definitely it'll it'll just get better and better and evolve hopefully providing i providing i stick with it and uh develop that consistency but uh no i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it it's been fun recording all the and chatting to you and loads of other people but um before we go i thought uh a nice thing to do to play out the show or to play out today's episode would be so recently uh we did a little collaboration as we were talking about earlier the how brilliant it's being that people have still been able to create music virtually um without being in the same room and uh you were kind enough to ask me to hop on a little cover you did of a great neil young song and i thought it would be really nice to play out today's episode with that awesome mate yeah um that was just do you want to explain uh... do you want to explain do you want to maybe introduce and explain uh yeah, man. Explain well, the, the cover. I mean, it's just like, as I was saying before, I've been working heaps on my production. Um, and this was, I think this is the first thing that I've ever, you know, really produced myself. Um, and uh, definitely needed some harmonies. And I was trying to do a few little falsetto bits myself, but I've got a deep, low voice. So uh, <laughs> sometimes I can hit a falsetto, but I knew that I could get a reliable one from you, mate. So I flicked it over to you but uh, yeah it's just it's a neil young cover but I, I i i got this new synth i bought myself for christmas and so it's a bit of a synthy soundscape version of a neil young song so hopefully it has its own flavor yeah but i yeah, i was absolutely delighted to hop on it and i've been playing this song for a, for a long time now uh i i would always if i was ever busking uh in sligo or in dublin growing up or i've done a bit of busking in france i would always play the song especially because i i started learning ukulele before guitar and it's a really good ukulele song and yeah so when you asked me to hop on it i was like of course it's one of my favorite songs um so yeah i think i think it, it's fitting that we end uh end with this so if you wouldn't mind can you would you please introduce the song we're going to play out with Ronald. All right. So I'm going to do this in my radio voice. Uh, <laughs> so next, next on the next on the decks, we've got a uh, harvest moon by Neil Young covered by Ronald Mackey and Sam white featuring synthesizers, guitars, voices, and even some movie samples. And I think you're going to love it. So, uh, it's on the Sam I Am podcast. Tune in every week on Wednesday. Uh, let's have it.
Just like children sleeping 